what's going on, Zach? How you doing? Good. Kind of tired, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Some audio issues. Figured it out, though. Um, So uh, we just got back from the theaters. Yeah, Uh, you know, I realized this is the first time we're doing a film review where we saw the film in the cinema first. Well, I did one like that with the van. Oh, did you? Yeah, we did that for uh, Candyman. I see. It was cool. I like watching. I like going to the yeah. cinema. It's been a long time. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a different experience for sure, actually seeing it in theaters. I mean, like, you know, I have a decent setup in my shed, but, you know, it's still it's still better. Anyway, so, um, yeah. yeah. We went uh, to go see uh, the newest Paul Thomas Anderson film. Licorice Pizza. Which, um... It has we when I was looking, I, we realized that it stars the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, Cooper Hoffman. R.I.P. And uh, the co-star is uh, an actress named Alana Haim, and that's also her character's uh, name in the movie. Weird. Alana. Um, Cooper's character is Gary Valentine, and. Uh, it's set in. I like to talk about the setting first because the film is set in late 1970s, yes, uh, Encino, California, San Fernando Valley, which a lot, a lot of um, Paul Thomas Anderson's films are set here. You know, like Boogie Nights, Inherent Vice, um, The Master. I think I'm not sure. Yes. Um, and now this one and. Personally, I I love it as a setting. Oh, so, I guess it's in the uh, it's in the early seventies because early I, I, I did it by the oil crisis. Ah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a good setting. It's a good setting for a film. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, he's done it before. He's done it with Boogie Nights, um, really well. He did it with uh, um, Inherent Vice. It, I think he really does a a good job of catch capturing like i don't know what i think is funny is it it leaves me like kind of nostalgic for a time and place that i never lived in (laughs) you know but you kind of watch it and you kind of feel like you're like oh man i remember the good old times in 1970s sfv and it's not and and it's the the funny thing is that like i was telling you about this like this movie uh so is it's just kind of like something we had to bring up in regards to this is that a lot of movies that take place in and around Hollywood in the area, it a lot of times we were talking about this on the way back that it's like a, it's a self suck session, you know. It's like it's a it's like you know oh isn't Hollywood it like you brought up La La Land like it's that, an SFV which is a little bit of a different. I mean we've both been to something. Yeah, but I mean it has it has it has a you know a little bit you know you you see people that you know are act. There's a lot of actors and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's an entertainment, right? So I'm just saying when when a lot of movies that's like Oscar bait material because it's like the the Academy and shit like that. They love a movie about L.A. because they're in L.A. Yeah, I like a, like I was saying earlier, um, film critics always love movies that like are about film itself or making film or actors. Right. You know, uh, like La La Land's a good example. I a think. notorious one was The Artist when it won it won Best Picture. It was a silent film, uh, and it was about like you know this. It, it was basically like a musical with no singing, 
but a black and white film and people hated it. I actually kind of liked it a little bit, but a lot of people hated it. And it was like very like self congratulatory of like, yay, we, we all live in LA. We all, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all in the movie making business and we like this, but this movie, um, and especially you can tell in his, like, he doesn't like glorify like LA, like a lot of, um, you know, when no, they do like overtly in your face, like, Oh, it's Hollywood. Yeah. You know, yeah. This yeah. Is, you know, where it's done tastefully. Yeah. And it's not, like I said, SFV is a little different. It's like, it's like an extension of Hollywood, but it's, own yeah, thing. But it's still involved because like, you know, the kid, the, um, Phil Seymour, uh, uh, Joe, Dave Valentine, Gary Valentine, Gary Valentine whatever. Gary Valentine, he's an actor, child right? actor, he's a 15. child actor. Yeah. Alana's 25 too. It's mentioned yeah. early in the film. She meets him at school at his the reverse high school. Lolita. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, this movie is basically like a romantic comedy, I guess would be the best. I, hesi- I hesitate to I know. say well, romantic you know, comedy. It's loaded. You think like knocked up yeah. when you say romantic comedy, you know, uh, or like, you know, wedding crashers or something like that when it's, it's so much more, uh, tasteful, I guess. And, and much more less what I liked, what I liked about this, um, you know, in terms of the romantic plot line in it is like, I, I like a good romantic plot. You know, like I remember I was trying to articulate. I this mean, bro, you, you got, you got lovesick tattooed on your hand. When we were recording <laughs> about sideways, I was trying to articulate this, but, um, you know, and you also mentioned like uh high fidelity, which is another one I like, but I like uh, a romantic plot. That's not like, overly corny overly mushy or sappy like those just turn me off and i'm like ew gross no thank you but something that's a a bit more wistful and a bit more bittersweet and and is more about like i don't know longingness and uh, like that review i was reading after watching it it, they he used the, the phrase as tender romance and i thought that was a good way to to kind of to put how the romance kind of plays out between Gary Valentine and Alana. Uh, and, and I think that their romance fits in well in the, in the setting. Like, like we said, Anderson's use of time and place in this film is, is excellent. Yeah. And it makes, and it feels like a very adventurous landscape that they're in. And it feels like it's full of possibilities, but also like kind of like harsh at the same time and unforgiving. And, um, so yeah, like I think personally, like uh, along those lines too, that like you know a lot of these people are you know kind of phony. They they bull a lot of a lot of people in this movie are like they're bullshitting in one way or another. They're like I mean, except Lana and Dave, Lana and Gary. I don't know. Why I keep saying Dave, um, but yeah, uh, Lana and Gary. Like they're the only ones. Like they're like kind of in like a self discovery. They you know they're learning. You know. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um but uh it's about, you know, like all the the like one like you mentioned your favorite part was this what, the setting. Like that was a, that's a, like one of your favorite like the way he uses the backdrop of the of LA in that time. My personal favorite part of this was I love when a good setting becomes a part of the film itself. You know? Yeah, when it becomes a character itself. I get you. 
Um, so uh, my favorite part of this movie is I loved the use of um, I like the story a lot, but I really love the use of the side characters because it just it, it it adds to what you liked about it, which is you know the the setting. Like like for example, um, you know Sean Penn plays an old like an older actor. Uh, and you know, he's like, you know, trying to hit on Lana. She's trying to, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like with, with Sean Penn's character, you know, he's like, he's like somewhat like caught in this, like fake, this stolen valor uh, (laughs) acting like, like she's like, doesn't understand like what he's talking about at the table. Cause he's just like going on about like, you know, different countries. He's like, uh, uh, he's like, I lost three, three friends in the Congo, you know? And, uh, you know, it's like almost like he talks about it like he's like a veteran of some sorts, but that about Korean, the Korean War, and, but he's really quoting other films, other movies yeah. that maybe he's been in or, or whatever. It's never really exactly explained right. what he's quoting. But yeah, so I, I like that a lot. I, I really, I, I, I think the, the Cooper's character. yeah, that's what I was going to say. The film is like dripping with like all these like bit roles that come in to basically like play to push the Basically, it bounces back and forth between, okay, Gary and Alana meet, he hits on her, asks her to come to dinner, she's hesitant, she's like, oh, you're 50, you know, get away from me, but he's he's very charming, like, right off the bat, like, it's, yeah. it's the first thing you notice about his character, it's like, oh, he's charming, he's cool, he's got, he's, he's slick, he's suave, and so she agrees, and then... The, a lot of the way the romance plays out and is driven forward is it's like a lot of back and forth. Yeah, it's very it's very antagonist. It's like antagonistic love. Like it's like a, you know, what I mean, it's like almost like they're like they're enemies at some point, but they they're like drawn to each other, and it feels it's uh, it feels genuine, and it doesn't feel like like I was telling Zach like we when. We saw this the trailers before. There was like like trailers for like a cheesy like romantic movie, and this movie had yeah. And this movie, it you know, it does it does something like a, more interesting in that space, and straight up with some like like legitimately funny moments. And like I said, like Bradley Cooper was my my favorite side character in this movie. He was great. He plays the a boyfriend to Barbara Streisand and. I was mentioning to Zach in the theater that Barbara Streisand is a notorious, she's like the proto uh, diva, you know, like in, of uh, like a Hollywood diva. And he, no, no, no. Yeah. She's like a, she's like a specter that's, you know, or like some kind of like ball of hate that everyone's (laughs) afraid of. And, you know, I think it, like now like kind of thinking about it and like they all kind of like serve as example like no one's got shit figured out. Everyone's like kind of living their own fantasies. Everyone's like wrapped up in their like Bradley Cooper's like I get tail. I get tail all the time. Like he'll do something crazy and then he'll like see some women and he'll be like hey what's going on? You know? Yeah he was wild and you know what a lot of these big characters whether it's Lance in the beginning because what happens is 
like it's a constant back and forth between like like Gary Valentine will you know well while he's with Alana like start hitting on, on another girl like for the first example is the air airline hostess on the plane brenda yeah. you know she she talks to him she's like oh you're an actor Look. you're going to the show and then and then she you know she gives him eyes and alana's looking over and she's jealous and then and then lance walks up he's like the first bit part and he's you know on uh in the same show as gary and then he immediately like is kind of ignoring gary and is hitting on alana and she's into him and that starts making gary uh, jealous so the way the film re- re- pushes the romantic plot forward is it, it I, I find it very relatable and that it's like they both of them are very non-committal like they won't every time they ask if uh, when other characters ask oh is that your girlfriend your sister and he's like oh no uh no she's not my girlfriend like they neither of them commit to being to saying oh that's my girlfriend or boyfriend or really in a relationship or whatever and it's constantly like you know, Gary will be with a girl his own age or whatever, hitting on a girl that makes Alana jealous. Then she goes and starts hitting on another guy, whether it's it's Sean Penn's character. I don't remember the character's name or or, or Lance or whoever. And then that makes Gary jealous. And then he gets upset. And then and then that drives them back together. And then it just keeps happening over and over. It's like a dance, like a spiraling dance of like antagonism like you said an antagonistic romance of like trying to make each other jealous by you know hitting on somebody else or flirting with somebody else or you know whatever and then and then the other person getting upset and then doing it to the other one and well i think i know i know what i know why that that happens and this is i think the reason why it happens is because like they you know and you can kind of like you can like kind of under it's like a very like relatable thing is like you feel like, uh, like, okay, from like Lana's point of view, like there's like a societal pressure that, you know, like, you know, she should be like settling down or she should be doing something serious with her life, like something, you know, like adult, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Gary Valentine's character is like, he's like very adult, but like, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, well, should I, you know, like, you know, do normal teenager shit, but like, you know, he's like, he's like a hustler. He's like a, He's, uh, you know, he's, he's like, you know, thinking of schemes. There's like a bunch of schemes in this movie. And I don't but, know if I'd call them schemes. He's just got like enterprises. Yeah. He's, he's in, yeah, he's an enterprising young lad. And, you know, I, I think that it's just like, um, it's like, like, I think this movie is just like very absurdist, right? I think that it's like, it's like, it uses the absurdity to be like, see, like, look at like, all these adults in this, in this, uh, area, like they're all like, they're all, you know, no one's normal. No one's like, got it like figured out. Like Bradley Cooper's like losing his mind talking about the, the, what was it? Chumash. So yeah. So my, my point was in bringing all that up was that, you know, I think there's this constant feeling you can tell between the two of them that, uh, that they feel ridiculous for, you know, like, you know, being in the, you know, him being 15 and she's 25. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think it like cast against the ridiculousness of literally all the adults in this movie. It's like, it's very interesting. And it it really adds like a nice balance to the film, you know, to me, uh, Gary Valentine doesn't seem, he doesn't seem I don't think he feels ridiculous. Like to me, yeah. he seems very confident yeah, and very self assured. 
It's and more so Lana. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's the one. And in fact, when, you know, she asked her friend about like what she thinks of, of their relationship. And she's like, is it weird that I hang out with Gary and all his 15 year old friends, his kid friends, like all the time, right. and, you know, her friends like, Oh, it's only weird. I guess if you think it's weird. And she's like, yeah, I think it's weird. But yet she continues to hang out with them. Yeah. Know? And like, I do, I do what I found funny about Gary Valentine's character or character of Gary Valentine is that like, even though he's 15, like he's like, yeah, he's got like all these yeah. business, you know, enterprises going on, like from this, from the, uh, you know, the, uh, fucking waterbed company. Like he just walks into he's this just, waterbed he, store he, and then he's like, I'm going to sell waterbeds. Well, I think he's just like straight up owns that property. Cause later on he turns it into like yeah, a yeah. cool pinball hangout. Yeah. You said you would like to go there. Yeah. I mean, dude, it, 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 it looked it like just, a happening. 70s it, 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 it straight up did. And like, it just made me think of like all the arcade bars that pop up in like, like uh downtowns of like many cities and they just like you know it's like yeah playing an arcade game but like in this setting in this time where it's like it's like you know pinball it's just it just it like you felt it like you see that scene and it's very of that time and it like it describes the whole scenery in that in that one scene like you see it you see like the funny characters you see like the drug dudes outside dancing smoking everyone's you know there's, there's a weirdo guy that was weird, at the pinball machine like humping it and he's like hey <laughs> hey buddy you need to go and then, and then and the guy was just tells him to fuck off and then he goes and kicks out a kid instead yeah because he, he you know he wants to be taken more seriously but in order to like be uh more attractive to lana right and that's why you know because she has this moment where uh where it's where they're holding all these gas cans, you know, they're like pretending like it's like their dicks. And then, you know, they're like joking around with it. And she's just like, what am I? She has like a moment where she, it looks like she's like thinking to herself, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know, what, what's, what, why am I, you know, hanging out with these 15 year old kids? And then, and then behind her, um, What's the what's the character's name that Bradley Cooper plays? It's like Tim John Peters. Peter? John, John Peters, yeah, or John or Tim Peters. Stevens. John Peters. It's, it's his last name is Peters. But anyways, he walks by in the background and is just like smashing <laughs> things, and he walks he away. He throws a trash can through the post office window, and then these two girls in skirts walk by, and he's just like, "Hey, what's going?" Well, that on? was what I thought was funniest about his character is like he tells him when when they're delivering his waterbed, he's like, "You know what? What? Where my what? I I don't have any faults except one." And that's I love tail too much. Yeah. I just yeah. <laughs> my life is all about tail, and it loves me too. And uh, yeah, so he's like smashing everything. He's all pissed off, and then two girls walk by, and he's like, "Hey, how you guys doing? You, you yeah. like peanut butter j jelly sandwiches?" Yeah, <laughs> a lot of you know. Weirdly, in this movie, he kind of points out, and not like a cringe way, like the subtle racism, like like just real quick, just like the the guy, the uh, the guy with the Asian wife who oh, owns yeah. the store with that he kept yeah. like having like a <laughs> restaurant and then it's never like really revisited well he's like he's like kind of like the the funder for like you know all of the uh gary's like uh you know he's like the one of his connections yeah in like his yeah, enterprising weirdly enough has like all these like connections with like this is why i find the character so interesting or so funny is that he's like like so like much older than he yeah. is for his age for 15 and he has like all these friends that are like older men that are like you know businessmen or you know par in part of the industry the film industry or like own some like you know uh 
what was the place where they went where Sean Penn and the other guy was? Uh, it was like Rooster's Rex. Tail yeah, or yeah, something was, like that. But it was like a, a, a restaurant at like a golf yeah, course. Yeah, it was like there's a, definitely an older crowd And they crowd all know there. him there. They all know him. Like when he comes in, they're like, oh, hey, Gary, how you doing? And like that's established early on. Like when he's in the yeah. restaurant, the bartenders know him, you know? Yeah. And like that's established early on that like, he, you know, he has all these connections well, with like these older guys. I, well, you said it like when we were uh, ta- having a walk talking about it. Like you said that he's... um. He's like a, he, you say he's like a, what did you say? Tom he's Sawyer? Tom or Hux? Sawyer. Yeah, he's Tom Sawyer ish. And what, like, what made me think of that while watching this is that, like, yeah, like just the suaveness of him and, and just like the hustle too. Like, Tom Sawyer himself was kind of a yeah. character that he was you know, kind had of, he was an enterprising young yeah, yeah, fellow. He was a, enterprising and always had like, whether you want to call them schemes or, you know, business ideas or, you know, just entre- entrepreneurial pursuits. You know, it's always like, you know, some some way, whether it's the waterbeds or the ping pong pa- or ping pong. What is it called? Pin pinball, pinball. palace. Yeah. You know, like he's always got some some new some new thing going on to try and like yeah, make and money. And then he also has like all his little friends working for him, too. So yeah. to me, it felt very he felt like reminiscent of a Tom Sawyer like character. And because of that, like one feeling I get from this movie, which I very much like, is it, it had a very you t- uh, very much a tone of, like, Americana, which I, I very 100%. much like Americana, like, literature and film, you know, and this film had all, it was, like, seeping in Americana, you know, and especially, like, that 70s LA Americana, you know, there's the gas crisis going on, but the film never delves too much into, like, geopolitics or the politics at the time, but that just, like, hangs over as it, an obstacle. It makes it clear that like of what time it's in it very like everything feels like it fits like the way people act the way people go about doing things like the whole thing where she goes to in order to be taken you know thinking that she's taking her life more seriously when she goes and works for the paul the may the guy who's running for mayor she thinks that at one point you know she thinks that he's inviting her out to have drinks but in reality he's just like she's just a cover for him being gay because it's the 70s and you know it's you know gay gay he can't be mayor p yeah he can't <laughs> be no mayor, mayor p. p in the 1970s yeah there's no mayor p um <laughs> I, I did i liked how everything came together in that moment with with the mayor because the mayoral candidate because like he's getting interviewed at the start when it first introduces him and they're like oh you're not married and he's like no and they're like any women in your life and he's like well you know i, I lead a busy life you know i don't know if i have time for that and it's like okay he's committed to you know his his politics and his campaign like that's what it is you know and then there's a guy that's like you know waiting out that's kind of like spying on the campaign headquarters and then when she goes to the restaurant he calls her to the restaurant it seems like she he's inviting her there for drinks and yet she's going to have another you know, flirtatious fling with another older guy who's in a position of power like the other men she had dated other than Gary. And and so she gets there excited and he's there with his quote unquote friend. And immediately like it's all comes together when he's like, why can't this be more about us? Why does she have to be there? When is it you going to make time for me? And then like it all comes together in that moment where you're like, oh, he's gay. That guy out there is, you know, spying on him to try and, you know, ruin the campaign with, you know, getting dirt on him. That's why he, you know, get, dodged the question about having a, a, a girlfriend or a wife in the interview. Like, you know. 
I thought that was, and I love the part when she walks back with with his, with his lover too, and then she's like, "Do you have do you have somebody in your life?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, well kinda." And he's like crying, and he's like, "Is he a shit too?" And she's like, "Yeah, he's a shit," <laughs> you know, referring oh, to Gary, and which he definitely is like a little shit, you know, like you know, just from his kind of like you know persuasive charm that is like because a lot of the times too with gary i the whole he's not he's not he's not a dork i well i know he's definitely not a dork but like i kept being like he looks dorky but he's not a dork but i kept wondering if he was like a con man like i was like how much of this is he making up is he lying about his age like is he a con man of some kind you know and like you know he just uses this you know charismatic charm that he has to kind of like you know establish connections and kind of like butter people up in a way you know and i think in certain points in the film too i think alana like stops to think to herself like because i was thinking this i'm like is he just using her like is he just exploiting her like when he had her dressed you know in you know bra and panty skimp skimpy outfit so waterbeds yeah like i was like is he just using her at this point and i think she kind of starts to think that too when she goes up I give him a hug and be like, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're making it happen, the business, and he kind of just, like, slides away from her and goes and talks to another girl, you know, and I'm like, yeah, how, like, how much of, like, what he says is actually, like, legitimate, and how much is he just, like, kind of buttering people up to get what he wants and to use them? So, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about one of the things that I really, I really like about this movie is, like, how it, like, you take, like, any just basic romantic comedy right like we'll take like that one that we saw in the trailer right the the owen wilson and j-lo one because it just looks so stupid and ridiculous okay, what was right that called? i don't know it's coming out on valentine's day though don't i would not recommend that. yeah it looked terrible um but basically like even if you're on a date i think this movie would be a better movie yeah, to take you, like your girlfriend yeah, no, to than than others because like the romance is just more genuine feeling and more relatable than like a sappy go on with what you're going to say about that other one. Yeah, no. So, um, the way it avoids like the typical tropes of like a romance, like story, right? Like where, you know, um, you know, there's a guy with his buddies, you know, they talk about, you know, and it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like, the way it's like all done there's like the you know that we're so happy together montage in this movie you like see them like work together as like business partners they're like very much like on like even though like you know they're very much like on equal footing right they're the only two people in this movie who like feel like they're on the equal footing because like a lot of the people in power feel you know they they carry themselves as if they have this power but you know what does Gary have? He's just, he's just got, he's got his charm and a dream. That's this is all he got. And, you know, and she wants to like, there's something about him that it's like, there's this magnetism and there's this kind of like cult of personality almost around him. You know, like, like you said before, when she, one of her friends is, uh, is saying that, uh, like, she's like, Oh, is it weird that I hang out with uh, Gary and his friends? And she's like, no, he's fucking dope. You know, <laughs> You know, like, no, she's dope. He's dope. He's cool. And it's only as weird as you make it. Right. And it's because like, I don't know. It's it's like, it's very, it's very fulfilling. This movie has a lot of substance to it as opposed to things that you could also kind of compare it to within its like contemporary genre. You know what I'm saying? Like in the genre, there's like, like there's all these type, type of dumb tropes 
but this movie does this story in such an interesting way and it's 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 very original i loved it all right so one of the things before we uh give our final thoughts i i wanted to talk about it might be the more i guess if you want to say like controversial element of this movie could you say it's controversial um not for me no i don't know if I don't think most uh, people that see this movie will feel too offended by it. Yeah. Um, the fact that Alana's character is 25 and Gary is 15. Yeah. You know, it, it, it it's there, it's stated, but it doesn't like hang over the film or the right. plot. It's not, it, it is about that simultaneously and also not about that. Right. Yeah. It's like mentioned a couple of times, but like Gary even says himself, he's like, I don't care. And I think that like, you know, the way the film does it is it makes you kind of just not care. Like you kind of forget about that. Like I'm, I found myself many times yeah, forgetting for sure. about it until something is said to remind you of it or like something happens to remind you of it. But most of the time it, it, it's almost like it's it's done well in a way that like, you know, they don't care, you know, because it's kind of like a love struck, you know, um, you know, type of type yeah. I I I, to, I told you that on our walk that it was like kind of like they're like they're like kismet, like star-crossed lovers yeah, in a way. Yeah. But and, and it's not like something where it's like you know age is just number, man. It's not it's not done yeah, in like a corny way. We're at not all. we're not libertarians here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it it it's played off well in, in order to I don't know just you know to add an interesting element to to the romance, but also like like reinforce like the you know fatalist theme behind yeah like there 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 is a love that can you know not be not be because they feel they you know well she feels like it's wrong yeah i mean like the one thought that comes to mind of course when you're watching this is like oh what if the roles are reversed you know what if this was a 25 year old man and a 15 year old girl you know, and then all of a sudden it's, it's a little different. Yeah, and, uh, it's, and then it, that will hang over, I think, the story a lot more than it does with it, you know, the the opposite way, right. you know, where the guy's 15, yeah. you know. No, for, for sure. I mean, like you, I mean, we kind of already made a joke about it in the beginning, but, you know, it's like, it's like, it's got uh, shades of Lolita if it was that way. You know what I mean? It, that's basically what it'd be. Um. But, you know, in this way, it's more, you know, yeah, it's like you get like the wholesome kind of Americana-ness, but with also like legitimately like funny shit. Like there's like legitimately like I found myself laughing at a lot of stuff in this movie, more so than I thought I was going to be. You know who was an interesting character that I just thought of? The the woman that when... um when Gary takes a lot, oh, when to he be takes her to be interviewed, yes, as yes, for like yes. a role, and like the woman that like interview that is you know conducting the interview, she's like kind of an airhead, but no, she's not an airhead. She seemed very like I don't know. She seemed like a, a an intelligent character to me and no. demanding, and, and like, but also like no, like also very deep in 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 the industry, the film industry, you know. So like 
knowing what's needed, knowing what's necessary for success and being like very aware of it. Like the first thing she says is like she gives her a compliment. She's like, oh, a very warm smile. Like she picks up on like the first things. But then she's like, oh, a Jewish nose, though. Like, you know, but then like she kind of you she can tell like, oh, maybe like that's, you know, she's saying that almost as a criticism. But she's like, don't worry. Jewish noses are kind of in right now. They're becoming more and more yeah. fashionable. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, just yikes as a whole sentiment. <laughs> You're just like. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, and you know, I mean, it is what it is in in this kind in that kind of industry. They're gonna like pick you apart like that for in sure, that yeah. way, you know. So, and I like how he tells her to just say yes to everything. He's like, you can just learn how. Like, if it's something you don't know how to do, you can just learn how to do it after you get the role. So just say yes, you know how to do it, you know. And then she like talks herself up, like I can horseback ride, I can fence, I can do archery, I can shoot four different, I can speak four different languages. Interest, interestingly enough, I didn't realize that the guy who played uh, the gay mayor. Uh, is one of the safety bros um who are like a director uh a director team um they made uncut gems yeah no i thought i was, I was just like oh that's some pretty cool i didn't realize well, let's talk let's one more thing before we give our final thoughts like what do you think about the name because we kind of we t- we kind of brought it up but like it's a very strange name but like it feels it feels very fitting for the story and like i was I gave Zach my personal thought where I thought it's like kind of like it's like a weird combo, but it works. It's like, you know, soy sauce and ketchup, you know, <laughs> you know, it's and it's just like it's just like one of those things where it's like it shouldn't work, but maybe it could. Yeah, I mean, just like hearing the name, like without going without seeing the the film first to like, you know, just hearing the name without a seeing the film like it immediately like, kind of like almost like makes you be like what like a licorice pizza like you're almost like kind of grossed out but also like intrigued like what is that supposed to be good is that oh, do people yeah, eat that yeah, so it's like you're kind right. of like taken aback at first but then like you're like hmm, maybe that could be interesting why not try you know which you know maybe I guess is kind of a Which partially we're not part of, yeah, <laughs> partially the sentiment, um, you know, maybe behind the relationship, yeah. and, and like you know, like I understand, like you kind of like want to be a little fixated on the age because you're like you know you're kind of just like oh yeah that's like such a huge gap it's and like, that's a young yeah. kid you know at 15 that like it feels but it, you know it's immediately you're a little turned off by it, but like it, it does like I said it just does well to kind of like make it work in some way, you know? And so maybe yeah. licorice pizza, you know, you're, you're taking it back at first, but it, it somehow it just works, yeah. you know, in some way. So, you know, I don't I know. Think, if I, think, I, I think, don't think, I, I think anybody think, eats licorice pizza, but no. you know, just the idea of it, you know, yeah. I don't know, but that's, that was my reaction to the title. And like, after seeing the film, maybe I guess what was trying to be, you know, said with that title. I don't know. 100 percent um let's uh let's give our final thoughts i'll uh, i'll go first um i really enjoyed this i i i love paul thomas anderson director of boogie nights director of uh the master uh you brought up inherent vice um he's he's directed a lot of uh, very interesting movies um he's a he's a very interesting director i i like him but like I would, I, when I say it's like he's gonna be kind of doing like some kind of like romantic movie, like I I didn't know how to like 
Like, I'm like, I'm sure it'll be good, but I don't know, like, like, how is this going to work? And honestly, it's one of the more original, like, movies in that genre for me, personally. Um, you know, uh, it goes, like, up there with, like, you know, like you said, the High Fidelities, the, um, or some of the other examples, help me out here. Uh, well, sideways. Sideways. Um, we could even say, uh, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is that, is that he, the way Paul Thomas Anderson goes against these tropes, it's, it's very interesting and it's compelling. And yeah, like you said, Zach is in, you know, we've been bringing up is that, you know, in a way, yeah, you're, you're immediately put off by the age because of course, um, but you know, after a while, like you begin to forget that they kind of have these like escapades that are like very interesting and not like this movie was not like this movie had every chance to be corny. It it literally, they, they could have turned up a little dial. That's like, Hey, we're going to make this real cheesy. Yeah. It walks a line of being sappy, but it doesn't like cross. It it. doesn't at any, at no point did I have like an eye roll moment where I'm like, Oh my God. So cringe. Like I was, Oh, I know I was going to bring up uh, the shape of water for me personally. And like the romance, like kind of uh, genre where it's like an, it's like a, a a different take from just the normal rubbish you you see put out there. I don't know why I said rubbish. I don't know. I say rubbish. What am I fucking, what am I annoyed, bruv now? Anyway. So, uh, I, I love the way he combats against the tropes. Uh, I love the original story. The chemistry between the both of them is, is fantastic. Like between Lana and Gary is, it's just, it's, it's what carries this movie to be honest. And the, the sprinkling, like you think, if you think about this movie, like a dish, right? Like, the story is like, you know, it's the main thing. And then like the seasoning is like all the side characters, the the location. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's a symphony of, of flavors. It's a symphony of just like, just really masterful um, directing, you know, and his, his, art, his artistic direction is just, it's very spot on. And the word you use Americana is a perfect way to describe this. This is like a, a slice of apple pie. This, but it's like, it's, it's enthralling. It's, it's very interesting. And I, I love the, the comparison between Gary's character and Tom Sawyer, because I can see a lot of that, that that's like a very apt comparison because he is very charming and, charismatic and she's like foul mouthed and kind of jaded you know <laughs> and i this movie just comes together great is, is a cool yeah she is she's she's really cool and like they both they all both pull their own she's got this. like indie vibes to her for sure <laughs> well, like she's like she but she, she's not like a manic pixie dream girl no, like no, no, that, no, no, no. because then it would become a trope if exactly exactly and by the way, in case you don't know, I don't know if we brought it up before, but Manic Pixie Dream Girl is like, um, you know, where it's like, I'm not like the other girls. Like, that pretty much sums it up. Like, well, we, it's like, oh, I'm quirky and random. And the thing with the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope is like the dream girl, like, 
purely exist to drive the character yes. arc of yes. a male character. Yes. It, dri- and, it drives the progression in the uh, the character growth. Yeah, and they don't exist outside their relationship with the male character. They purely exist to you know help drive the character growth there and they you know fit check all these boxes of desires for the male character you know in question they're basically just an object of desire yeah but like in this one like both characters yeah they are equal and they kind of drive each other's growth and they grow together you know one doesn't exist to serve the other in this movie like our friend who we saw this with it was just very pleasant it was very it was funny it was well well done you you got immersed in the movie and it was just very pleasant and it, you know what it was it was feel good without being corny i think that's a huge huge accomplishment because like you said it's very easy to over season that dish and then it it's just like oh this is corny and cheesy you know um so i i really like this movie i honestly i give it like i give this movie high marks i give it 9 i'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 i think this movie is fantastic a complete surprise i mean like i said i expected greatness from paul thomas anderson but i wasn't like looking forward to because i was like oh romantic movie it's not my like favorite genre but like this was like very interesting and it was like it was worth my time and it was worth seeing it in the theaters because it is a little bit of a longer movie i think it's about like two and two hours right um but it doesn't feel like super long. Like uh, like something like Inherent Vice, you may feel like the length of that movie. This one, it just, it feels right. It culminates in the end and it's just, it it's put together. The, the film kind of like, the plot kind of pulls you along with the, the adventure of the characters and like you kind of like feel the same excitement they feel, I think. Do you feel right. excited to follow along and, with, with and, the adventure? And the use of side characters is brilliant because it uses it to um, not just you like, oh, you're seeing the same characters. You're seeing like they're almost like it's almost just like these characters only serve for this scene. But, you know, you have like great actors in these roles like Bradley Cooper or Tom Waits and uh, John Penn or the 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 guy who's the guy with the Asian wife. I forget his Something like that. But, you know, I just think that this movie is just, like, pumping on all cylinders, and I think it's great. What you say, Zuzak? Um, well, well said. Um, um, I, I think that, yeah, I think this film is a good example of good filmmaking, uh, most definitely. Um, from, like I said, the setting um, is the first thing that captivates me. I, I, I think it, it, it does... Encino, California, and SFE and the greater Los Angeles area, it's done right. And and the temporal setting, the 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 time in the 1970s, I think also adds to just the story more. And I think it all comes together really well to 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 make a good time and place like for the plot and to help move the plot along. Like I feel like this maybe the love story wouldn't work. In a different, you know, in, in like a contemporary setting, you know, so I I think it does it does great in, in that regard in the setting regard. I also do agree that like this to me is like a, a love story done right. Um, it, it's not 
overly sentimental, but it is sentimental in, in a way, but it, it, it's sentimental in a way that doesn't feel mushy. And, 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 the, and a lot of times in, in love stories, it kind of can just feel forced or like shoehorned in. And this one just feels like more genuine and natural. And I love a, like a lot of the little bits too. Like, um, Gary Valentine is, you know, himself very love struck like you know he goes around and like he it's not just like he immediately sees lana and he's like that's the girl i'm gonna marry he says that to his little brother you know and and immediately like he's he's from the first moment of of, of meeting he's like immediately drawn to her but like everywhere he goes to like he's also drawn to a lot of other women that he sees and and he's like very love struck throughout which is how like he's on the plane and he's attracted to the stewardess he goes into the into the uh uh waterbed store i keep wanting to say hot tub waterbed store and i and mean a waterbed is kind of like a hot tub it's, it's in the same it's, it's in the very 70s like who has a waterbed these days yeah. so it's so 70s and 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 it is like kind of like a sexy thing too like it is like inherently sexual i think the waterbed but he goes into there and the girl that's working there you know he's kind of got like like a little bit of a flirtatious thing going on with her you know and you know what just real quick just to, to stay on the, the waterbed thing real quick uh one of the things I find interesting is that moment where they're trying to sell the waterbeds and you're kind of, it's like kind of like a snap to reality. Like, Hey, I'm an adult is when he's like, you got to sell it, make it sexier. He's like, make it sexier. And then she proceeds. She's like, look, if you want me to make it sexy, I'll make it horny. Like, you know, like, and you know, it's just like, it's like this movie is just, Oh, it's so good. Um, so yeah, I like how, how, how everywhere he goes, like, he's, like, trying to sell a lot of sex appeal, too. He is trying to, like, use sex to almost exploit it because, like, part of it, a lot of his businesses is, like, some type of sex appeal to it. The waterbed, even the... Pinballs are sex. House. Oh, pinballs, yeah. dude. Oh, the sex. It's kind of like a Nike... It's like a it's like a disco in, in his pinball palace. It's not just about the pinball machines. It's like Great a Pepsi. disco in there. And, you know, he's flirting with other girls the whole time, you know, um... I, I love also a moment that I, that I love. I, I, weirdly enough, I felt like running was a, 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 a an intro, like a commonly used like motif. I guess I should say, like they were they're running together a lot. Or one moment I like a lot is when she's with Sean Penn's character. And he wants to do the motorcycle jump and he's like, okay, you just hold on to the back of me. And she's like, sure. And then the moment he like hits the gas, she falls off and he takes off ignoring her because, you know, he's caught up in his, you know, the showmanship and his ego and jumping over the fire. And immediately Gary starts running to Alana, you know, so like something about the running, like, I don't know, it's, it's very like the love story is very adventurous. And I, and I like that, like, um, like it, it. it, it takes you along with it in a, in a very smooth and, and fun way that, yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't bore you with it. And, and even though like it, at points I was like, when I'm, I'm thinking about this in retrospect, I'm like, not a whole lot happened, but also like a lot happened, you know? So I find that interesting and that makes it almost feel like it's like a slice of life, a little bit type plot type story, you know, where it's like, it's a whole lot to do about nothing almost, you know? So I think that was, you know, adds to just the general element of the love story, you know, just kind of just feeling more genuine and more fun and adventurous and and more relatable and intriguing because of that. Um, 
other things I liked about it, I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack had, there's a bunch of great songs, but that were played throughout it. Um, but again, it was never cliche or too stereotypical of the 1970s. You know, it dropped some David Bowie, some Doors, some Bing Crosby. Well, like a little, some deeper tracks, some deep cuts, you know, not like, not like the normal fare that you'd expect of like a, a period piece. Like yeah. This. From the 1970s. I thought it did very well too with um, using, uh, the gas, the oil crisis of the the 1970s as like a plot device, but not becoming like too wrapped up in like, you know, the geopolitical situation and just using that because that's like kind of what ruins his waterbed business. And then his last sell is to Bradley Cooper's uh, Peter, Jim, T- Tim, John Peters character. And I love, I love also this moment when he's like, when he goes there to deliver and like, and like Peter starts um, lecturing him and like, you know, he's just so in his face and he's like, if you fuck up my house, I will kill. He's like, do you have a family? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you got you got siblings. When he's like, I got a brother. He's like, I will strangle your brother in front of you and then murder you. And he's like, anyways, have a good time, but don't fuck up my house. You know, and then they and then they fill up the waterbed there and he takes the water out and they start driving away. Yeah. And then they come across him like running up the street. And he's like, the fucking gas, the gas. And my car's out of gas. And and then they, you know. Yeah, it leads to a, like a very long and fun scene like where they, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's, you know, it's. That's probably like one of the best sequences in the movie is like from that from that part when they deliver the waterbed to like like I life I love how like like they go through an entire night like like it's like dusk night and then it's early morning by the time they like finally get their gas to fill up their truck you know so so yeah I think it's it's just it, it leads you along very well and, and like you know it it almost makes me feel nostalgic for like like a time and a place I didn't live in and like, and that's not a feeling I normally have to be honest. Like, because like if we, you know, have had friends in the past who have been, you know, uh, one in particular I'm thinking of, but that has been like longing for a time in the past, you know? And like, 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 Oh, I wish I grew up in this time. You know what I mean? Like that sentiment. I mean, it's not that I felt that way. It's just like, it just did a good job to envelop you within yeah. within the adventure and the setting and just to kind of like lead you along with with the uh, adventure and the love story that unfolds i think it, it just it, it's very smooth film in in that regard um um and also dripping in great bit pieces from you know Sean Penn to Bradley Cooper to who's the guy that played the character Rex he was also pretty funny the the scouting talent agents um you know and you know just to touch on the ending briefly a little bit like you know they you know go out looking for each other and then it ends with them running and her you know just being like i love you gary and then you know it kind of ends you know somewhat abruptly but like it it feels like well deserved like it kind of just ends with they earned it yeah yeah it, it, it doesn't feel like too abrupt it just feels like well deserved so so yeah i mean overall i would say it was it was a very uh well well made film and a very um enjoyable watch and and just you know was very i like uh, made me it gave me like i'm trying to think of the feeling that it left me with like wistful almost is the word i want to use wistful a little bit nostalgic but also like like 
like it's, it's almost like longing happy. yeah longing but like not in a bad way longing i feel like it implies a little bit yeah. like of like you're in a bad mood it's just like a longing I, for someone and like yeah yeah i mean sure but i don't know in, in that regard um you know it just like it just touches a, a an interesting nerve and one's heart i guess i should say you know just to sum up that what like cold dead heart <laughs> yeah well, whatever i'm trying to get at that's i guess the best way to 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 say it 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 touches a nerve in your heart and tender tender is the, is the word that i like here's the thing can you think of a bad thing in this movie because honestly uh, i've been trying to think about it for the last like 10 minutes if there's any anything bad in this movie and i really i really can't no, um, even like the, I love one other thing. I like how uh, both the two leads are not like very famous or A list actors yes. or anything. I think that it is sells a, it. Yeah. It sells it like and honestly, like just straight up, like after you told me like that, if that, these were two instantly recognizable actors, it would almost make the story a little different. But because yeah. they're just like random, yeah, you'd be like, oh, it's Ryan Gosling and whoever, you know, Rachel McAdams, and it's, you're like, oh yeah, that's them. But like because yeah because you don't know them it it's sell it like it builds to the immersion it's relatable and you can like put yourself in it a little bit and you can yeah. feel it and because of that like it, it just leaves you with like whatever feelings that the film carries nostalgia wistfulness tenderness sweetness like you pick up on it all and I think that's it's very well executed in that regard um for any negatives i mean like i can't really think of anything off the top of my head um other than you know it's not the most exciting film oh, i yeah. mean like that's the only thing that maybe i mean there's just like like there's not like a the main the main you know conflict is is just the development of the of the of the relationship but there i mean because of that it's not like the most you know exciting it's not like there's like any deep or heavy themes here about like you know society or politics or whatever the fuck you know have you you know it's more just about like you know presenting you with this like tender and relatable yet sweet you know love an story. isolated story within a specific yeah time. And, and it's very much like a coming of age story which I always find those I'm like hit or miss with a yeah, lot of coming in coming of age stories you know where like I might love you know, like you're catching the rye, like other coming at age series, like I'm trying to think of one I don't like. Um, I don't know. Could be, I can't think of anything off the top of the my head. The Sandlot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sandlot's not bad. Um, but a lot of them are just like, they're just sappy a lot of times, you know. But yeah, I think it, this film does a great great job of, of just presenting all that, but not in a mushy, cliche, sappy way. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I would leave it with, like, an 8. I won't go so high as to be, like, you know, to be, like, 9. I'm not going to go into that territory. Um, because, you know, sometimes I, like, I do, like, maybe, I don't know. But I'll, I, 8 feels fair to me. So I that's still, what I'm going to leave yeah. it with. It's definitely a recommendation, though, 100%. Yeah. I'd say if you, have, if you have a cute, sweet relationship with whoever, man or woman, to go see this film with them because I feel like this is a good one to watch with, yeah. uh, with you know somebody you have a very loving um, and and 
sweet relationship with. But I, but I, I hate you, and I can't stand you. Yeah, I watch films with people I hate. Yeah, yeah. people I can't stand. Yeah, so I can relate. All right, so that's gonna do it for us this week. Good movie recommendation. Uh, You can send us an email to bashbrotherspod at protonmail.com. We're getting, we're still working on getting the Twitter and Reddit set up. We're trying to get, we're, you know, we're just, uh, we're, we're just two uh, average Joes trying to set up this thing Um, together, bootstrapping it. I'm getting close. I'm I'm having like a executive dysfunction (laughs) with it. Like I keep being like, I'll do that. And then just massive procrastination. You're no Gary Valentine. No, I don't have the initiative of motivation of Gary Valentine. Well, at least we're going to dig deep inside to find at least we're recording. At least we're recording this review. So anyways, thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next time. Um, Peace. She's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools Is there life on Mars?